Well, good evening, everybody. Good to see you all tonight, and uh, thankful that you're here uh, on our pre-Christmas weekend. Is everybody ready for Christmas? Ready or not, here it comes, and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, I braved all the shopping, all the stress of shopping. Uh, I sat down at my computer and hit up Amazon, and uh, man, it was stressful. Whew. Barely survived it. Rushed back into the kitchen to get something to eat, and man, that was rough. Uh, be interesting to know how many of you went to the mall elsewhere to shop or just went to your computer and did it the easy way plus the, the smart way. Uh, I love the uh, work smart, not hard concept, and I believe that's where it's the most applicable. Uh, so glad you all are here tonight, and uh, what a tremendous service this past Sunday. I've told several people that our Christmas service every year is probably in the top two of my most favorite services of, of, of all year, and uh, this past Sunday was no exception. Uh, I thought our, our, our kids group uh, did fantastic. I think we had some of our students uh, in with that as well, but I certainly want to give a lot of thanks and gratitude to all of our staff that made that happen. A uh, lot of months of practice. I, I do think it's it's grievous to go through all of that practice and only perform it once. Uh, it'd be nice if you could do it two or three nights in a row and, and what have you. But uh, but thank you uh, to all that had to do with that. And uh, God bless our our children's ministry. Uh, it's amazing, and we're so very thankful for it. Uh, <clears throat> I want to make a couple of announcements tonight. I'd like to remind you that this coming Sunday, uh, everybody listen and help spread the word. This coming Sunday, we'll just have one service here in the sanctuary. No Sunday school, just one service here in the sanctuary. It's Christmas Eve, and uh, we'll just have one service here uh, in the sanctuary with everybody. And uh, we're planning for that service to last about an hour or less. Uh, just so you can plan. Um, I'm prepared for what I'm going to say. Uh, Casey's got uh, some music prepared. It's going to be a great time to be here with your family, uh, just to, to gather around uh, people of like precious faith and uh, to have that wonderful, wonderful celebration uh, this coming Sunday. So we'll be looking forward to that. And then on Sunday, January the 7th, uh, everybody remember this announcement, we'll be uh, having our communion service. Uh, we will have regular church on New Year's Eve. Uh, we'll be, what, the 31st. Uh, we'll have Sunday school and morning worship uh, as usual. But then on the 7th, uh, we'll have our communion service, and we'll certainly look forward to that. Uh, I'd also like to remind those of you who are in the adult class on Sunday morning, January the 7th, your Sunday school class is being moved from here to the A Center. And uh, our goal is to have a chair and a tabletop uh, for everybody where you can put your coffee and uh, your donut 
and uh, we'll have Sunday school, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I may throw in a surprise here and there for those that arrive at least five minutes early or earlier. We may have some Sunday morning surprise along that line. We'll look forward to it. It's going to be an exciting time, and uh, we're going to study the Bible and uh, looking forward to it and looking certainly looking forward to sharing this time with all of you. So uh, God bless you. These are our announcements. Uh, remember Sunday morning, one service at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary, and we'll look forward to seeing you Sunday morning. Uh, right now, Brother Jason is coming to bring to us the Word of God, and he always does a great job when he does. Yes, he does. Let's give him some appreciation tonight, shall we? Good evening, everyone. It's Christmas time. Yeah, it is. It happened already. I hope uh, I hope you all get exactly what you wanted, and I hope a few of you don't get what you deserve. I'm not even going to look at you, Sister Patricia. Amen. Well, let's do a little bit of Christmas time Bible study, and uh, see what the Lord has for us tonight. Let's pray, Lord. I've asked that you would help me deliver this tonight in a way that they can receive it. But more than anything else, I pray that they would hear your voice in the middle of this lesson and that the things that you're trying to get through to them about this season and, uh, and the next year would be abundantly clear. Lord, speak to us all tonight. Um, speak to us individually, specifically and uniquely. Through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Charles Swindoll writes, "'Twas the day after Christmas. "'Twas the day after Christmas, when all through the place, "'there were arguments and depression. "'Even mom had a long face. "'The stockings hung empty, and the house was a mess. "'The new clothes didn't fit. And dad was under stress. Yes, mom and dad were irritable. And the children weren't pleased because the instructions for the new swing set were only written in Chinese. The bells no longer jingled and no carolers came around. The sink was stacked with dishes and the tree was turning brown. The stores were full of people returning things that fizzled and flopped. But some shoppers groaned when they saw prices for gifts purchased now 50% off. It was the day after Christmas. The spirit of joy had gone away. The only hope on the horizon was 16 NFL games on New Year's Day. Y'all ever experience the post-Christmas blues? Just me. Okay, thank you for that rousing response. It's that, that feeling of, meh, uh, after the big holiday buildup, because we do all of these things at Christmas, right? And I know it's different for everyone, depending on where you are in life, small children, older children, empty nest. Christmas can look different depending on the season of life that you're in, but most of us at one time or another have experienced the big holiday buildup 
that's followed by the big holiday letdown. Because you got to plan the picture, and then you got to take the picture, and then you got to print the picture, and then you got to mail the picture. And then you got to hang the lights and trim the tree and plan the party and clean the house, do the party, clean up after the party, and then vow to never have another party. You got to pick the music, Sister Casey. You got to practice the music. You got to perform the music. You got to go listen to the music. Then you got to go listen to the other church's music. Then you got to go to the school thing and then go to the other school thing and make sure that you bought each teacher a gift. You got to go to the mall, boof, scowl the internet. Charge the visa, pick the gift, find the gift, buy the gift, wrap the gift, ship the gift, smoke the turkey, cook the ham, bake the casserole, buy the dessert because I'm so tired I can't even anymore. And then you got to go to the family thing, forget the name of that guy that married your cousin that you only see once a year, and oh yeah, at some point probably take a trip. And then Christmas Day comes. And y'all, sometimes the wrapping paper isn't even up off of the floor yet. And that gift that you wanted so badly turns out to be not quite as great as you thought it was going to be. Or that gift that someone else wanted and absolutely had to have or else Christmas was going to be a disaster just doesn't quite deliver for whatever reason. And I don't know about you guys, but here in South Louisiana, it seems like a lot of times on Christmas Day, it's about 86 degrees and 90% humidity, and that's just a bummer. That's not what I like for Christmas Day. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I have. You get sick on Christmas Day. Or the kids get sick on Christmas Day, or the food wasn't quite right, or a certain relative that you really wanted to see doesn't make it to the big Christmas family thing, or a certain relative that you didn't really want to see came again to the big Christmas thing they never missed. And if you don't know who that relative is, it's probably you. Y'all, sometimes something happens at Christmas that just sucks a little bit of the joy out of the season. Our expectations aren't fulfilled for some reason. Something, something's a little off from what we want. Has that ever happened to y'all? Does that ever happen? Thank you. Okay. A few people. A little bit of class participation is in order tonight. When it happens to me, and it's happened to me before, uh, but when, it's, when it happens to me, the root of the problem for me, always goes back to how I celebrate Christmas. Sometimes, quite frankly, Grace Church, I get my focus wrong. And so do you sometimes. And so I want to help us all tonight. I want to help you. I want to help me. Help us all avoid those post-Christmas blues by adjusting how we celebrate. So I want to talk to you for a little while tonight about celebrating Christmas. So let's get to it. We're going to read uh, from Luke chapter 2 tonight, a um, little bit of a lengthy reading. I'm going to read it from the King James, but then I'm also going to read it from the message uh, paraphrase. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 15 through 20, the shepherds have just heard from this angelic host about the appearing of the Messiah. Messiah has been born. And so the angels leave, and verse 15 says, and it came to pass... As the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all that they had, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And we're going to read the same passage. going to go back a little bit. Go back to uh, Luke, Luke 2, but look at verses 8 through 20 in the message. There were some shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. And suddenly God's angel stood among them and God's glory blazed around them. It's pretty cool. They were terrified. And the angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. And this is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. I love this. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. See was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child, and all who heard the shepherds were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The shepherds returned and let loose. There you go, they had a little Pentecostal church. The shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. Isn't that nice whenever something just comes out exactly the way someone told you it was going to be? This passage from Luke shows us a, a great approach. I'm not going to say it's the only approach, approach, but it's a really good one. A great approach for celebrating Christmas. It describes four responses for those of you taking notes. The four responses of those who experienced that first Christmas. You have the responses of the shepherds, the responses of Mary, and response of the people that heard the shepherd. And those responses can serve as a model for how we can focus ourselves during this Christmas season and celebrate Christmas in such a way that we avoid that letdown, that we avoid the unmet expectations and the post-Christmas blues. So tonight we're going to walk through this passage. That's our Christmas Bible study tonight. Just walk through this passage and look at how those involved responded and how their response shows us that we can celebrate Christmas, not just in December, but all year long, but especially during this time and celebrate it in a way that we keep our joy. Amen? So let's get to it. The first thing that we'll see, the first response is that of proclaiming. Proclaiming. Luke chapter 2, verse 17, and the King James says of the shepherds, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. The NIV says they spread the word. 
The shepherds spread the word. Luke tells us the shepherds went out and they spread the word about this child that they had seen. Now, shepherds generally in that time came from the basest elements of society. And you add to that fact that shepherds were on the lowest rung of the economic ladder. They had little to no formal education. It is entirely possible that these shepherds who saw and heard angels that night were illiterate. And that makes this story all the more remarkable. I I want you to consider this with me tonight. On that night in Bethlehem, outside of Joseph and Mary, the first people in the whole world to know that Christ had been born, the Messiah had been born, were these shepherds. After the 400 silent years between Malachi and Matthew, where God did not speak to his people through the prophets, he now speaks through angels to lowly shepherds on a remote hillside outside of this tiny Judean village in the middle of nowhere. Humble is an understatement. They were nobodies, these shepherds. They had no social platform. They had no network. They probably had little to no education. They had no credentials. They had no financial base or influence. We don't even know their names. They were the shepherds. Just some no-name nobodies out working in the field and, frankly, working a job that not too many people wanted back then. And they get visited by angels. Scripture says, surrounded by the glory of God to the point that they were terrified, scared to death, and they get told that the Savior, Messiah, has been born And then they're told where you can find him. So they go check it out. And sure enough, there he is, just like the angel had said. And what did they do then? Scripture says they told everyone they met what they had seen and what they had heard. I just have to wonder, would we have been as obedient as those shepherds? Would we have believed? Would we have taken it at face value? Or would we have explained it all away? Would we have gone to Bethlehem in the middle of the night and left the sheep in the field? Would we have been as quick to tell the story to the people that we met? In the King James, when it says they made it known abroad, that's a Greek phrase that means they made it known thoroughly. They told the whole story. And they told it to everybody that they could. And what the shepherds did, we can all do. We can proclaim him. We can spread the word. We can make it known thoroughly. You want to celebrate Christmas? I mean, really celebrate Christmas. And celebrate it in a way that allows you to maintain your joy. Here's an idea. Proclaim him. Simply tell what you know to be true. Talk about Jesus. Tell who he is. Tell what he's done for you. Share your story and invite other people to know him the way you know him. And that's, I know a lot of you are probably thinking, well, he's talking about witnessing to the lost. Yeah, I could be. But I could also be talking about talking to your family members, talking to the people that live in your house, 
Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Let me tell you about who Jesus is for me. Share your story. Good news is for sharing. That's what the shepherds did. and That's what all of us are called to do. That's the first way we can celebrate Christmas is to proclaim him by proclaiming. So proclaiming is one way we can celebrate Christmas. Let me give you another way to celebrate Christmas. And that's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 18. And it's just wondering. Wondering. Luke 2, 18 says, And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. We talked about what the shepherds did. They proclaimed. Let's talk about those who heard the shepherds and what they did. The scripture says that they wondered. They wondered. And if you really think about it, it's understandable and it's appropriate that they would wonder. That Greek word there for wondered is thalmadzo. Look at your neighbor and tell them thalmadzo. Thalmadzo. That's a good word to say. Thalmadzo. It means to marvel or to have admiration. Thalmadzo. Now look, I'm sure that amazed is a mild word to describe the reaction of those that heard the shepherds that night. Because the story itself would sound incredible if you really think about it. Seeing and hearing angels in the middle of the night here outside of Bethlehem with the glory of God shining all around you, not to mention finding the Son of God, the Messiah, in a feeding trough, that sounds pretty far-fetched. I'd certainly be amazed if one of you came to me and told me that story. I would definitely be amazed. But you know, the language of Scripture does not imply skepticism. These people, whoever they were, were held in awe by what they heard. Something, I don't know, something about it, something in that, those shepherds' stories, something about the way they told the story, something about their body language and, and what was in their voices, something about that story, it didn't make them skeptical, but it filled them with, with wonder. It, there was something about that story that was marvelous, that was wondrous. And Christmas is indeed a cause for holy wonder. How can it be that God should become a man? How can a king, the king of kings, be born in a, in a feeding trough? What sort of God comes into the world he created like this? What kind of deliverer comes in such a, a low and humble fashion? You know what? You should be amazed at Christmas time. You should wonder at Christmas. If you've managed to go through this Christmas season so far without pausing to think about the wonder of it all, the thalmadzo of it all, then you've missed the reason so far that we celebrate Christmas in the first place, the wonder of it all. Paul wrote to Timothy about it 
in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, he said, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. We're talking about Jews. We're talking about people that have been persecuted and ridiculed for thousands and thousands of years because they only worshipped one God, and that God was invisible. And now all of a sudden, these Jews that have been worshiping a singular, invisible God for thousands of years, now they're hearing that that God has been made manifest in the flesh. It was blowing their minds, and it ought to blow ours too. A.W. Tozer was so astonished by this thought that he wrote, The coming of Jesus into this world represents a truth more profound than any philosophy I have ever heard. All of the great thinkers of the world together could never have produced anything even remotely approaching the wonder and profundity disclosed in the message of these words. He came. He came. God came. And God came to us. I love how author Philip Yancey put it, I wish I had written this, but I did not. But Philip Yancey nailed it. He said, in Jesus, something new happened. God became one of his own creatures, an event unparalleled, unheard of, in fact, in the fullest sense of the word. The God who fills the universe imploded to become a peasant baby who, like every infant who ever lived, had to learn to walk and talk and dress himself. In the incarnation of Jesus, God deliberately handicapped himself, exchanging omniscience for a brain that learned Aramaic stroke by stroke, omnipresence for two legs and the occasional donkey, omnipotence for arms strong enough to sow wood but too weak for self-defense. Instead of overseeing a hundred billion galaxies at once, he now looked out on a narrow alley in Nazareth, a pile of rocks in the Judean desert, and a crowded street in Jerusalem. What a wonder. You want to celebrate Christmas in a way that you avoid the post-Christmas blues and keep your joy? Be like those who heard the shepherds and wonder, thou madso, wonder at what Christmas is. So you want to celebrate Christmas, I suggest proclaiming, wondering, and I also want to give you something really practical. I want you to do some pondering, some pondering. Luke 2 and 19 says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary kept all these things. One translation says she treasured up all these things. The Greek word there for kept is suntereo. It means to preserve or keep in mind. So Mary also pondered them in her heart. And the Greek word there for pondered is sumbalo, and it means to bring together in one's mind, to confer with oneself, to mentally consider. I'm painting a picture here with the Greek lesson. Mary is keeping and pondering. She is taking stock. She's thinking it all through. She's counting things up, almost like when you make a mental note or a list 
so that you won't forget something? It's what you do at the beginning, or it's what I have to do at the beginning of a very busy day. And I want to make sure that I don't forget anything that really needs to happen that day. I make a list. Or whenever you make a list at the end of the day so you won't forget where, what has happened and where you need to pick up the next day. Mary kept them. She counted them up. She, she treasured them so that she wouldn't forget. Then it says that she pondered. That word pondered goes, goes deeper than, than wondering. Because it means to take the events as you have them laid out in your memory. And then go beneath the surface to try to understand what it all means and why it happened the way it did. Pondering is hard work, which is why we don't get around to it very much. And yet this is the perfect time of year to do it. Most of us have a little bit more vacation time, a little bit more free time around this time of year. Not true for everybody, but true for most. And what better time than the end of December, the end of the current year, right before the beginning of the next year, to ponder what God has been teaching you. To look back over the last 12 months and consider the ways and the works of God in your life and in the world around you. So here is a very simple exercise that will help you do some legitimate pondering before 2024 arrives. So here's your homework assignment, class. I'm challenging you to set aside one hour, one whole hour. Find a quiet place, lock the kids outside, turn off the TV, put the phone in a different room, And start with a prayer, asking God to show you the things that he wants you to learn. And then you make a top ten list. Here it is. The top ten things that have happened in my life this year. Top ten things. Those things can be events that have happened to you personally or things that happened to others that had a major impact on you These things can be good things if you want to call them good. They can be bad things if you want to call them bad. Victories, defeats, failures, successes, doesn't matter. If it it mattered, top ten things, then put it on the list and make the category as broad as you like. Make your list. And as you look at your list, ask God to show you what patterns are at work. We're doing the hard work now. We're doing the pondering now. God, show me. What are the patterns at work in these things that have happened to me over this past year? What are you teaching me? What lessons are coming up over and over and over again? What have, what have I learned about myself positively and negatively this year? And then finish your pondering by getting your focus off of yourself and putting your focus on God. What have you learned about God's character this year? What have you learned about His nature this year? And ask God for insight as to where he's leading you in the, in the year to come. And use that as a basis for starting your personal prayer as you enter 2024. I know I just talked, but I, what did I just tell you to do? I told you to make a list and pray over it. That's what I told you to do. I told you to do some pondering and look beneath the surface and look for patterns and lessons. And if you will do this exercise as I have done In previous years, with an open heart, I promise you, 
that God will meet with you and he will show you some fresh ideas about your past and about your future. Mary pondered what God was doing in her life. Mary pondered what it all might mean and where it might be leading. And y'all, that's a helpful practice for all of us to follow. You want to celebrate Christmas? Set aside some private time, just one hour. Set aside some time and do some pondering. Proclaiming, wondering, pondering. Last one. Let's go back to the shepherds and talk about glorifying. Luke 2.20 says, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This final verse tells us that the shepherds were profoundly changed by what they had experienced. What a difference a day makes. See, on the day before Christ was born, they were in the fields tending their sheep. On the day after Christ was born, they were back in the same fields tending the same sheep, only this time their hearts were filled with praise and glory for God. That Greek word there for glorifying is doxadzo. Doxadzo. It's got a lot of meanings. To praise, to extol, to magnify, to celebrate, to honor, to make glorious, to adorn and clothe with splendor, to render something excellent, to make it renowned, to cause the dignity and worth of some person or thing to become manifest and acknowledged. To say that the shepherds glorified God, it means a lot. It means a lot. It means that having seen Jesus in the manger, they were so overwhelmed by God's power, His grace, His goodness, His wisdom, His plan, and this amazing miracle of the incarnation of God in flesh, Jesus Christ. They simply could not stop talking about what they had seen and what they had heard. And here's what I want you to pay attention to. Note where they did it. Note where they glorified. Note where they praised. The text does not say that they glorified God in the nearest temple. That's not where they went. They didn't go to church to glorify God. Although that would have been appropriate, that's not what they did. The text does not say that they went to a faraway city that had a much larger population and more opportunities. That's not what they did. No, it says they returned to where they had been, back to that tiring, unappreciated work of caring for sheep. Within 48 hours, if not much less than that, they were right back where they were when the angel found them in the first place. Having seen the babe in the manger, it was now time to go back to work. And so they did. And so must we. The Christmas holiday season eventually ends for all of us. Pretty soon, 
We'll be taking down the lights, unless you're one of those people. And I have been one of those people, so I can say that. But soon enough, the lights will come down. We'll box up the tree or take it out to the road with the rest of the garbage. We'll pack away the decorations, and we'll either use our gifts or we'll send them back to Amazon or wherever. In a few days, kids, you're going back to school. There was a little bit too much praise on that one right there. The adults will go back to work, and life will return to normal. But will anything be different as a result of Christmas 2023? Will we be changed by Christmas like those shepherds were? Or will it just be business as usual in 2024? You know, it's not a year that ends in a zero or a five, so whatever. Just 2024, it's just another year. But for those shepherds, Grace Church, life would never be the same. Oh yeah, the work was the same, the sheep were the same, but they were different. And they went back to their fields with a new zeal, a new joy, and a new love and appreciation and understanding of God in their hearts. And pretty soon, you and I will go back to the humdrum of our daily routine. And the buzz and the excitement of Christmas will be not forgotten, but just not as prominent. So how will we go back? I want to challenge us to go back glorifying and praising God. That's what the shepherds did. Christmas did not change their circumstances, but it changed them in ways that were deep and profound. And because it changed them, it changed the way that they approached their daily work. Yes, they still had to deal with stubborn sheep and their sheep stuff and all of their sheep drama and the weather and bosses and customers, and daily difficulties, and unexpected circumstances. But all of that came through a different filter now because they had seen Jesus. I'm teaching so good right now. So, how about you? Have you seen Jesus at Christmas time? If you have, then whenever it's time for you to go back to doing what you were doing before, take the memory of what you've seen with you. Give God some glory and praise Him as you go into back into your routine and watch what happens. If you haven't seen Jesus yet this Christmas, I want you to know there's still time to look for him. He can be found. There's still time. And you can go back changed. All right, so here it is. You want to avoid the post-Christmas blues? 
And the big holiday letdown after the big holiday buildup, you want to avoid that, then I suggest you celebrate Christmas. Proclaim. Tell somebody. Tell anybody. But tell somebody who Jesus is and what he has done for you. All you have to do, you don't have to teach them a 12-week Bible study. They probably don't want a 12-week Bible study right there in Walmart. But you can tell them what you have seen and what you have heard. That is what a witness does whenever they are called into the courtroom. Give us your testimony. What did you see? What did you hear? That's what the shepherds did when they proclaimed him, and that's what we can do. I want to celebrate Christmas? Find some wonder. Read the story again. Be amazed at the wonder of it all again. Take some time to ponder, to take stock, to count it up, to preserve it to memory. Think about what Jesus has done in you and for you this year. And ask him what he wants to do in the next one. Want to celebrate Christmas? Then glorify. See the value in who he is and what he has done. And give him glory for it as you go back to your field. Y'all stand with me this evening. Jesus, forgive me for how easy it is for me to lose sight in the middle of this season about the wonder of what this season is and what it means. Lord, I don't ever want to lose the sense of wonder that I have over the fact that you robed yourself in flesh and came in a way that was approachable and authentic. And Jesus, you made it easy. Lord, I, I, I need you to forgive me for the times that I have not proclaimed you because you have done some incredible things for me and I have seen some awesome stuff from you and heard some awesome stuff from you. Lord, I, I want to proclaim you to whoever will listen. Lord, I want to I give them an opportunity to hear what it is that you've done. Lord, I pray that you would help me I'm praying for me. Lord, I pray that you would help me to set aside some time to really ponder what you've been doing in my life and the patterns that are there and what it means for the future. Lord, I want to give you glory. I want to, to do what I can to draw attention to you and praise you because you, you're awesome. Lord, I want to celebrate Christmas I intend to celebrate Christmas. Lord, with a focus, the stuff is nice. The gifts are nice. I, I, they are. They're great. But Lord, this is about you. And I want to make it about you. I want to celebrate Christmas in a way that puts that focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this evening, Grace Church.
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll see you Sunday.